rearrange things and we decided to seize the moment. Sometimes when his presence is there, you just want to seize that moment and see what he has to do. Amen. Today I'm going to share a few things and the Lord will help me to be able to complete this maybe in 20 minutes so we can have a few more minutes to pray for people who have who needs to be ministered to. But the Lord wants me to really speak today on common barriers to receiving healing. Common barriers to receiving healing. What I'm going to share today is not new. Uh, it's not even original to me in any way. It's common knowledge out there by a lot of the fathers of faith who have been in this ministry of healing for many years. But I just think it's something we need to put together because... Healing is something that is a gift from God. It's a gift from God that can only be received. Alright? Healing is something, it's not something we earn. Alright? We don't earn healing by our works or any form of miracle, by the way. We don't earn it. It is received. I want you to say it is received. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Say healing cannot be earned. It can only be received. Amen. God is a giver. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, the Bible says, He who did not spare his son. In fact, I want all of us to read that verse together. It's on the screen. He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. God already gave us the greatest gift in Christ Jesus. He already gave it to us. He didn't he did not spare his own son. God is such an incurable giver. His weakness is giving if God has one. I mean, you have to be so weak to give your son, right? You have to be it has to be a weakness, if we can call it that. So that means God mode is just to give. Don't get me wrong. God is not weak. I'm just uh, trying to get your attention. All right? But I'm saying, I'm trying to put a, make you get it that he did not spare his own son. That's how you talk about it. Wow. This person is so, is so, is such a, an incurable giver. He did not even spare his entire life savings. That's, that's like saying that. He did not spare his own son. And he's saying, if he gave him up, how will he not also? And that's, that's, that's what uh, the writer of the book of Romans is trying to tell us, that how will he not also within give us all things? Every other thing, there's nothing that can compare to his son. So God is such a giver. And that is why healing is received. Hallelujah. Healing is received through faith. All right? We just need to believe. We need to have faith in Him. We need faith is the instrument by which we receive something from God. Praise the name of Jesus. But today I'm going to talk about what are the common barriers to receiving healing. And this is, this is not just healing for physical ailment, sometimes emotional ailment. Sometimes there are situations in our lives that need some healing. Hallelujah. Some marriages here need some healing. Some lives need some healing. Not the physical body, but the way the life is being, the way the life is going, 
God's power is needed to bring some healing. Kiddos, are you listening to me? I'm going to give you an exam later. So make sure you take some notes of what I'm talking about. All right? Now, there are questions that people have, or there is a question, rather, that people have when it comes to the issue of healing, what God does. Why do some people get healed and some people don't? I mean, that's something that bothers people. It bothers them so much that they can't even receive from God. You know, I just want to try and address that. I'm not sure I can resolve that completely because I can't speak completely for God sometimes. But, you know, there's a verse that occurred that I just was thinking about, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The hidden things or the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But, to, but those things which are revealed belong to us, to our children, forever, that we may do all the words of this law. In other words, there are things that are secret to God. Alright? So we can answer it. The truth answer is, I don't know. Alright? Why? Some people get healed, some people don't. But I know that when there is faith, more people get healed. And there was a time we got nobody healed in our church. Maybe it's only once in a while. Alright? Now, because we talk about it, we exercise our faith, we have more people here. It just means that the more we have exercised those faith, the more we have healing. Healing will not just occur if we don't exercise faith to receive it. Praise the name of Jesus. And I believe the Lord is working on our faith. And there is individual faith. There is also corporate faith. As a church, when we grow, begin to see these things, then we... We are accustomed to, to expect it, right? That we come into our service, we just expect God to do something. Somebody walks in a king, we just expect, oh, why, why can't God heal you in this service? Somebody walks in with a wheelchair, we're like, you know what? You're going to get out of wheelchair before the end of the service is over. You know, corporate faith. And I'm praying that the Lord will increase our corporate faith in Jesus' name. But we are responsible to act on what God has revealed to us. Those are the two things in that verse, right? Right. The things God didn't show us, quit gripping on it, right? I mean, don't get mad at God that He didn't reveal some things to you. And some people sometimes want to take that position. They're like, they're just mad. They're just, they're just like, how come some people? I know someone who was a faithful believer, powerful, and they died. They got sick and died. So, how come? So, if that didn't happen, maybe, maybe God doesn't heal. First of all, people who do that, they don't apply the same standard elsewhere. All right? If there's a medicine or whatever that works, we don't focus on people who are not healed. You just, you just take it. You don't go and say, okay, some people have taken this medicine. It didn't work for them. Therefore, I'm not going to take it. That's not how you should react. We don't really know, all right? But we are responsible to act on what God reveals to us, right? The things which are revealed, right? They belong to us. What we know is when we pray, when we exercise faith, we are going to get more results. Praise the name of Jesus. Number one reason, why, number one hindrance, rather, 
So healing is ignorance. I want you to say ignorance. Which is no knowledge of God or little knowledge of God's word. Or little knowledge of what Jesus accomplished on the cross of Calvary. There are a lot of places where they don't even, they have no knowledge. They don't really, they, or they have refused to know. They refuse to believe that Jesus' walk on the cross of Calvary includes our healing. Isaiah 53 that we read, he was wounded for our transgression, right? He was bruised for our iniquities. We believe that. I mean, there's hardly no church where they don't believe that Jesus' death on the cross of Calvary covers transgressions, right? Covers sins. The church is so quick to believe that. In fact, we believe it so much. When people come out of altar call, they they confess their sin. They accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. We declare that they are saved, right? Because we have developed so much faith for salvation, right? But we haven't developed so much faith for healing. I think the early church, they had that faith. So, because he was wounded for a transgression, he was bruised for iniquity, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Alright? So when Jesus was punished, because of that punishment, we have peace. Peace is a proof of emotional healing. Alright? Peace. When people are emotionally sick, we call it inner healing or emotional. It's lack of peace. Alright? You know, that's when there's that's the ultimate reason, uh, symptom. That the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his stripes. Right? We were healed. So, salvation is a complete package. But there's so much ignorance in the body of Christ about that. So, it's a barrier. Ignorance is a barrier. Today, we're going to pray and I want us to just make a confession. I want you to say, Oh God, I acknowledge. That in many ways, I am ignorant. Ignorant of your word and of your will through my own fault. Right now, God, I confess this as a sin. I repent of my ignorance. I ask you to forgive me and help me to seek the truth more diligently from this time forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. We have broken the power of ignorance. Second hindrance is unbelief. In fact, some people, they are not necessarily ignorant. They just, they just don't believe. So they are so negative when it comes to relating with God. They are so negative. And uh, the Bible says unbelief is a sin. Unbelief is a sin. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Unbelief is the reason many people, many of the Israelites, perish in the wilderness. They just wouldn't believe. They will see God do things great, but the f- following week, 
Another problem comes, they, will not, they still will not believe. They were doubters. So unbelief prevents us. You know, when we are shaky, when we are wishy-washy. You know, the Bible says, let's not stress that person. Think they can receive anything from God. You know, don't be a doubting Thomas. Just believe, be resolute in your belief. Even after we pray today, if your symptoms does not disappear, don't quit your belief. You know, there are so many times when these healings are not instant. You know, that people just walk, they sleep, next day, that symptoms is gone. So the fact that you don't see the result now doesn't mean you are not healed. Hallelujah. You just continue to hold on to the profession of your faith. Praise the name of Jesus. So don't quit your belief. In fact, I want us to also repent of the sin of unbelief. Because we are all guilty of it. So I'm, I'm also, I also fall for unbelief many times in my life. And I still do. God is working on all of us. Amen. So we are going to go before God and say, Oh God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess my sin of unbelief. I do not try to excuse it. I am responsible for my unbelief. And I declare I am sorry. I ask you to forgive me and to deliver me from unbelief in the name of Jesus. I want to declare today I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ His Son. I believe in God the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Word of God. I believe the Bible is true. An authoritative word of God. I believe what Jesus says. I believe God's word is true. Is yea, is amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. The next entrance is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, He who covers his sin will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them, we have mercy. This is our year of all-round prosperity. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. All right? Sin will prevent prosperity. Not just sin, unconfessed sin. All right? When you cover your sin... You miss God's blessing. You are not able to receive. It blocks it. The Bible says, all have sins, all have sins rather, and are falling short. The glory of God. Sin simply means missing the mark. Sin causes us to miss God's glory. His glorious idea for us. So if you have sin in your life, no matter what it is, and you cover it. So many people think, when I don't mention my sin to God, He just doesn't remember. You know, because that's how we dealt with our parents when we were growing up. We just don't mention it, thinking mommy will just forget. And mommy is going to always forget. Alright? So confession is what, how we address that. So if there's any sin in your life, I want you to confess it. And I want us to pray that prayer of confession.
I want you to bow down your head and ask God to reveal any area of any unconfessed sin in your life. God already knows it. You are not confessing because you are informing God. No. You are confessing because you are acknowledging so that He can forgive. Confess them. The Bible says in 1 John 1 9, God is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us. I want you to say, Lord, I acknowledge and I'm sorry. Forgive me. Cleanse me in the blood of Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive your forgiveness because you are forgiving me. And because you are forgiving me, I forgive myself in Jesus' name. The next hindrance is resentment and unforgiveness towards others. I put that in a different category because that is so highlighted in the Bible. It's so highlighted in the Bible. I see that's the leading cause blockage to prayer according to the scripture. Because the Bible says when you stand praying in Mark chapter 11 verse 25, if any of you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Alright, so it's important to make sure you don't live in resentment. Many of us, we live in resentment towards our parents, towards people who raise you, you know, we are some uncle, somebody who didn't help you, former boss, somebody who, who took your boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, somebody who just, all those things, you just hold grudges. In your heart is pile of resentment. And the Bible says if you, if you come to God in prayer and you remember that someone has something against you and you want to give an offering, don't even give an offering. And I'm going to tell you it's true. As much as we love your offering, it's not going to do anything for you. So don't give an offering. When you come, you remember that. And the Holy Spirit will bring you to remember. Just keep your offering. Because it, it can stink. It can even just keep it and go fix your problem before you bring an offering to God. That's important. That's how much the Bible is so devoted to giving, right? Give, give, give. But I think the Lord wants to use that to highlight a point that He believes giving is good for you, but it's not going to help and it's not going to be acceptable if it is done with resentment in our heart. I want to beg you in the name of Jesus. Make up your mind. Decide never to be offended. Nobody is worth robbing you of your relationship with God. Nobody is worth that. When you keep malice, you keep resentment, you are the loser. It's like drinking poison and expect somebody else to die from it. That doesn't make sense. So please, I think it's, 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 the, it's the sin we excuse the most in church. Resentment. People are in the same church, they don't talk to each other. Because he didn't, she didn't attend my wedding. Wow. Wedding is five years ago. You are still married now. Wow. So, it is so common, I find it personally annoying. 
It doesn't even make sense. There's no logic in it. Yeah, there are some bigger issues. There are some bigger issues that can cause that you can understand little reason. Even in those bigger issues, the Bible wants us to forgive and clear ourselves of resentment. I don't know why the Lord wants me to really talk about this. I think it's big. Many of you are living in resentment towards your family members. You know, because they didn't help you. They didn't do this for you. Some of you, when you were in school, somebody was supposed to help you. They disappoint you. Trust. Guess what? That's life. People are meant to disappoint you. So you can put your trust in God. You know what? In some instances, God made them to disappoint you. Because you put your faith in them. God made them. So quit putting your faith in people. We all fall for it. All right? We fall for it big time. And the Lord just wants to help us to clear it. Amen. So we're going to go and deal with resentment. And I want us to bow down and pray. Say, Holy Spirit, I ask you now, in Jesus' name, speak to my heart. Show me the areas of my life where I'm harboring bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. Help me to forgive. Heal me of resentment. Uproot every bitterness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Bitterness, I renounce you now. In the name of Jesus. I lay you down on the altar. In the name of Jesus. If anyone has ever harmed me or wronged me, I forgive them now as you forgive me. In the name of Jesus, I forgive them now as you forgive me. In the name of Jesus, I declare I am, I am free of bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. The next thing is occult involvement. See, the Lord gave children of Israel a very strong warning about occult involvement. Because it's a major, major source of health crisis. In fact, let's go to Exodus chapter 23. He said, do not bow, 23, 24, and 26. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stone to pieces. Worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be on you, on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. This is so powerful. During the retreat, we were praying for a lady. This is just two days ago, me and a few people here. And the lady came and said, for the last one year, she's been sick, no diagnosis, done ultrasound, nothing. But she's oppressed in her dreams. She has nightmares, physical ailments. And, you know, as we were praying, it was obvious that, you know, by the result, the manifestation we were seeing, that this is a demonic oppression. As a result of whatever we didn't know, we started praying, 
you know, we had a praying. It was a very stubborn case. And at some point, we had to stop. You know, the Holy Spirit says, stop and ask her a few questions. Turn out to be, she's been to Herbalist, you know, because business was having problem, problem at some point. She's visited all this. She's from Nigeria, so we call them Herbalist, not voodoo chiefs, right? But they, they, are, all, they are all in the same ministry. <laughs> they all do the same thing, ministry from the devil. And she said, oh, in one occasion, they put a feather in her finger and it dissolved and entered into her. I mean, I mean she was telling us all this. And, but the Lord delivered her. That was the clear case. She was clearly delivered, free, all right? And uh, she had lump in her mouth. The lump disappeared. And she was completely free. All right? There are a lot of, many of us don't do that. You are too sophisticated to go to some herbalist, to go to some, you know. But we can do a little bit of fortune telling, a Ouija board. Some of us, horoscope, palm readers, we've visited them. Some of them are in the city, they're in the street, they said they can read your palm. These are demonized people. This is their occultic practices. All right? When you, if you have ever been to any of them, they, they hinder you. All right? There are demons attached to them. First of all, when you do that, you are breaking a major commandment. Thou shalt not have any other God. And he said, I am a jealous God. I mean, sometimes when God wants to get your attention, he uses some words. Some people say, how can God be jealous? God is perfect. God is just trying to tell you that I am the only God for you to worship. If you go outside of that, you are contending against me. So, there have been a lot of people, I've ministered to people who have done these things, and I've seen the results. By their life. They've done all this, done all this. It is always very difficult for them to really have a real relationship with God. All right? And, it, and a lot of sicknesses come. And that's see what the Lord said. If you would do this, if you would not get involved in all these things, and if you've gotten involved, we, you will renounce them. Praise the name of Jesus. And I want us to pray. Also, if you have done drug, drug is a form of Idol worshiping. Drug has its roots in occultic practices. Drugs, you've done cocaine, marijuana, you've done all these things. Uh, some of you have done it as a kid, or, you know, we joined some gang. You do this. It's important for you to know that they have roots. It's occultic worship. So I want us to break that power in Jesus' name. I want us to bow down our heads and pray and say, Lord, if I've ever been involved in the occult, even ignorantly, whatever it was, I confess it today as a sin and I renounce it. I ask you to forgive me and I commit myself to you now that never again will I be involved 
in those things. In the mighty name of Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, and release me from their influence. Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Very important. Some of us have objects in our house that are occultic objects. You see, if it looks weird, it's because it's weird. If you have something with a snake like this, it's a nice art. Why do you need a snake in your house? Do you really, really want a snake in your house? So why do you put a picture of a snake in your house? Some of you have some of these things that you see it, you know there's something weird about it. Oh, they're a beautiful piece of art drawn by some fancy artist, expensive, makes you look cool and sophisticated and like an exotic person, but they are occultic objects. And it's very important for you to be very, very careful. So don't don't harbor any objects that you don't know. You know, right? You don't know. You don't know where it is from. They are decorative. No, no, no. Get something nice. Something better. Get a skyline of, of Manhattan. Something beautiful. <laughs> don't, don't get some snake, some naked woman with some ah. breast showing. And you think you are... You think you are being cool? Some of these things have origin in occult practices. Some of them have some children dangling with you. I mean, they, they have all these things. So best be careful. You don't need all these things in your, in your life. Some of us Africans, we love African art. Some heads with something some from Bimi or something like that. Benin Republic or, and some of these heads. These were idols. Dedicated to idols. All right? And some of us who are, who are from here, I have some African-American friends in the, in, the, in the quest to really love things African. You can't really get yourself in trouble. You better check with some of us Africans. We run away from some of those things a <laughs> long time ago. Oh, Shango. You want Shango? <laughs> Don't. There are some African gods. Wow. Those African gods, we ran away from them. Some of us, that's why we're here. <laughs> Running away from Shango. Some of these things are demonic. So please check. Check with us. And to make sure. There are beautiful. African art that are not connected to those things. Those of us who, grow, who know, we know, we can tell you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right? Sometimes sicknesses, are in, I mean, healing is in that because there's a curse. This is very important. So we're going to clear this and we're going to pray. And I trust this will clear a way for God to move through in Jesus' name. Some sicknesses are effect of a curse over a family. And that's important. I don't have time to explore this in detail. Maybe in future we'll have. But you know, when someone is under a curse, one of the things you're going to see is that you're going to be, it looks like something is pulling you back. 
usually from a verge of success. A lot of frustration. When you're operating under a curse, a lot of frustration. And one of the things you're going to notice is it's not going to be only you in the family. So if you're in a family, you see patterns. All right? Usually, emotional and mental breakdown. Very, very, you know, it's most likely. Repeated chronic illnesses, especially hereditary. Something to watch out for. You see, many of us have families that are weird. I'll tell you, my mom's family, my own mom, her family, they were hundreds of years ago, they are people who die with the king. They die with the king. There's something called praise singing in the Yoruba language. So you can understand it when people do it, they are trying to praise sing you, they will They're virtually telling the history of your family. So I discovered that they are family. They breed this family. All right? Usually they feed them very well. They take care of them. But there are people who will die with the king. So when the king dies, the king needs some servants where he's going. I don't know who has servants in hell, but that's the belief. But, so when the king dies, they will kill a bunch of them and bury them with the king. Those are some of the practices. I mean, there's a curse on that family. I mean, that's a cursed family. That was, you know, untimely death, all these crazy things going on. Spirit of laziness is there. A lot of, especially among the men. So unless this is broken, that's it. That's it. There are some of us who come from lineage of people who are extremely wicked. Right? I remember one of my friends, I was doing youth service and we were, I don't know, we used to pray together. We met and we prayed together. And he noticed he was struggling. He was struggling, his brothers, everybody was struggling. And one day, just the, Lord, the Lord told him to go ask his family and he asked and he discovered that by the time they told him the wickedness committed by their last generation in the area, I mean, it, it, it was so bad. Thank God he's, he's now born again. And the Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that is hanged on the tree. But without knowledge, sometimes you don't, because the devil tries on lack of knowledge. You can just go on and on, and the curse is there. The devil tries on us not knowing. But when the light shines, the Bible says the light shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend. Hallelujah. But as long as there's darkness, you don't know, you just think, oh, it's not a big deal, it's an accident, it's whatever. No, 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 no. Repeated miscarriages, female problem, barrenness, especially when it is among many people in the family. Some, some family just have constant marriage, marital breakup. You see siblings, four, five, they've all had marital breakups. Continue financial insufficiency. 
just continue. I mean, it gets better for a year or two, it gets worse. If you see those combination of many of those curses, accident prone. Some people are accident prone, especially if there are multiple in the family. You know there's a curse there. There's always something you're carrying. If the leg isn't broken, the neck is broken. If, if it's not neck, something happens, shoulder, it's just only you will have an accident. Suicide, an unnatural death. All those things are something we must deal with. The good thing is Jesus got rid of the, of the curse. Amen. And I want us to pray in case there's any curse. All right? Are you willing to do this? I want us to close our eyes and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, that on the cross you were made a curse so that I might be redeemed from the curse and I may enter into the blessing. And because of what you did, Lord Jesus, in your precious name, I release myself from every curse over me, over my family. And I claim the blessing that you purchased for me with your blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Lastly, evil spirits sometimes are associated with sickness. Constantly you hear the Bible says spirit of infirmities. Usually if you have infirmity, crippling pain, there are spirits there. And I've experienced that before. Praying for people, you're praying for them, there's pain here. Literally, it jumps here. I mean, you see it right there, so it's not. The pain is here, it jumps here. And you are just following, I mean, you, you, this we don't make this thing, this thing up. I mean, it's crazy. And you're, you have to persist, persist until the pain leaves. Those are, that is what is called the spirit of infirmity. I have a feeling a number of people here are battling with the spirit of infirmity. You have joint pain here and there, and it's crippling. Arthritis. Sometimes, a lot of times, are caused by spirit of infirmity. Coverture of the spine. Spirit of infirmity. Jesus talked about a woman that was bent like this in the temple. And Jesus said that Satan bounded her. Right? He said that. She's a daughter of Zion. That Satan bound. Why will I not let her loose? Beautiful woman. But bent like that. And trusting God that today, a lot of joint problem, movement problem, the Lord is going to heal those. All those spirit of infirmity will be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. You know what He does? He prevents movement. Movement is associated with progress. If the enemy can stop you from moving, or the thought of moving discourages you. You know that will slow you down. I mean, you can't prosper in life unless you can move very well. It's hard. 
The Lord is going to heal in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord is going to heal in the name of Jesus. Sometimes there is spirit of death. You always look on the dark side of things. There are some people you just see that they, they are battling with that spirit. Always wearing something dark. Dark goggle, dark dress, dark this. Sometimes there are spirits associated with that. They just see death. They just see horrible things. When they dream is about death. These are associated, they are spirits associated with that. So evil spirits sometimes. There is oppressive spirit. And the number of you are battling with that. You're oppressed. I think there's someone here that you you sleep. Usually when you wake up, it takes you minutes to be able to stand up. Because you feel something is pressing you down. That's a spirit of oppression. The Lord is going to destroy that. He's going to kick them away in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to declare, I shall not die. But leave to declare the works of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. I am the anointed of God. The anointing of God is upon me. In the name of Jesus. Therefore, spirit of oppression, you have no place in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name. Can we stand up? Can we rise up? Can we rise up as we pray? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want the social ministry to please move and just let's minister to people. You know, I want someone to minister to Sister Bada. The Lord gave me a word for you. The Lord said, you see, the Lord wants to free you from the fear, the fear of death. You still have some years ahead of you. Productive years. Hallelujah. And I want you to just lift up your hands. You don't need to leave that place. Just, just, just stay. I just want you to listen. The Lord is, you're going to live, the rest of your life will be the best of your life. The Lord is going to give you strength. You don't need to be afraid. Alright? You don't need to be afraid. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I just bless her in Jesus' name. I bless her. I bless her. I come against spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is robbing you of making the best of your life. And I release the spirit of power. The spirit of love and a sound mind over your life. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together?